Welcome to Terror Talk. Before we start the show today, I wanted to give you a heads up about our Patreon community. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron and join our Discord community, where we watch film together and chat daily. You also have early access to our episodes and a mini-cast that we do exclusively for Patreon members. Also, check out our new website at terrortalkpodcast.com. Follow along as we build it together. Most of all, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. So today on the show, we're going to talk a little Alfred Hitchcock. Um, We wanted to dive into some of his most famous, most popular, uh, some somewhat controversial movies that are in the horror thriller range. I mean, I realize a lot of his stuff is that way, but um, so today we're going to discuss Hitchcock in general through the lens of Rear Window, Vertigo, Psycho, The Birds, and Frenzy. And so I think, Mm. Kathy, you were going to talk just a little bit about Hitchcock in general. Yeah, I mean, most people know who he is, but he, Sir Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, then. Born in 1899 in London, England, and died in 1980 in California, Bella California. Mm -hmm. Uh, English-born American motion picture director whose suspenseful films and television programs won immense popularity and critical acclaim over a long and tremendously productive career. He is known as the master of suspense. Mm -hmm. He has directed over 50 feature films in a career spanning six decades, becoming well-known as, uh, as any of his actors thanks to his many interviews, his cameo roles in most of his films, and his hosting and producing of the television anthology Alfred Hitchcock Presents that ran between 1955 and 1965. I, I think it's safe to say that no matter how old you are right now, there might be a cutoff here. Most people know who Alfred Hitchcock is, even if they just have heard his name. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to think of someone having a successful enough career that over six decades, people were watching his films and he was still creating films. Now, the motion picture industry is very different now. And there's so many different directors and um, everything streamlining, you know, it's just through, a different business. It's just a totally different <laughs> business. Um, yeah. But it. I think we can still say, regardless of that, he was very talented at what he did for the time. Oh, yeah. So I found an article that talks a little bit about um, what he used to really arouse his audience and keep them interested. And to Shannon's point, a lot has been done since Hitchcock. So when you go back and watch Hitchcock now, not everyone is going to feel that same thrill as they did when they first watch it because for its time, it was incredibly new. And this was also at a time where we used a lot less blood and gore and um, the the thrill factor or what sent people into that space of anxiety was much more psychological. Absolutely. Um, oh my gosh, his movies are so psychological. so psychological. I mean, even the ones like, you know, Notorious and mm-hmm. different things like that that are... They're not, they're thrillers in a way. They're sort of like suspenseful and thrilling, but like not horror. It's all that. It's yeah. all, and shot choice and all that stuff. I right. Know. Yeah. Right. So he was a master in the way that he shot his film. So this comes from an article called uh, The Psychological Analysis of Alfred Hitchcock's Movies. Um, and it's out of Cyverse Science Direct. So it's a social and behavioral science um, article. And it's from... 2011. So it's not that old considering how long Hitchcock has been around and I can send it to you, Shannon, and we can post it somewhere. Yeah, great. Um, so 
the two, I just wanted to briefly give people the two main aspects of how he, what he used to shoot his film. So he pulled a lot of his, his style and his shots from German expressionism. And if you know, uh, if you look at, um, like Fritz Lang and some of those old, you know, German film noir sort of the, the, the really long shots or the shots of the stairways, you know, that he's used, even the movie Vertigo, there's these really long uh, yeah. distance shots that always uh, inform us that there's some impending doom <laughs> or someone's in, in, in and the serious music. danger than the, the music. The music oh my God. Yeah. So Alfred Hitchcock and his movie making is influenced by two schools of German romanticism and expressionism. Um, and the expressionism cinema itself came to existence after world war two. So, um, there's a lot in there and you can go and read more about that. I'm not going to go so much into that, but, um, it's, it's pretty dark. So he pulls a lot of it from that. And then also the inner emotional feelings of images and using terror and fear as themes. And so he was really, really good at instilling this sort of ongoing fear and terror by mystery. You know, he was the mystery known as, you know, mystery of suspense, what did I call him? Not mystery of suspense, <laughs> uh, master of suspense. There you go. And uh, so what he would do is he would, he would end up allowing you to believe you figured it out. And then he would start with a whole other problem that would keep people <laughs> sort like, of going. You're like, wait, what? What's happening now? <laughs> exactly. So he used uh, something very similar to what we call like the, the fry tag pyramid. Mm-hmm. So let me see, I have this in, in better language over here in my notes. I don't want to read it right out of the... So there's the audience is always waiting. And if the audience gets an answer, they are immediately faced with another problem, which then increases the arousal. Right. So in a sense, the level of Q function equates with arousal function. Uh Um, So Hitchcock believed his deep logic of movies was to torment his audiences by continuing to elevate anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so this was, you know, now this is pretty common. Yeah, but it's a real seduction. It's a real seduction. And for its time, it was really, um, you know, he had pulled this from foreign films and and used it. and, And it was very successful at that time. Oh my gosh, so, for sure. Absolutely. And this um, article, if you're interested, goes into much more of like the the physiological things that go on in our body and in our brain when according to what people would experience when they watched his movies at that time. So it's yeah. pretty interesting. There is so much written about Hitchcock. I was uh, very aware of that <laughs> when mm-hmm. we decided to do this episode and I just did some cursory looking at first just to sort of like start to get ideas about what we would talk about. And I was like, oh, okay. There's like psychoanalytic stuff about every single movie. I know. Like I think every psychological writer in the on the planet or science writer on the planet has used Hitchcock to amplify whatever idea mm-hmm. they're looking at, which is really up our alley in the sense that that's exactly what we're doing is we take movies and, and ampl- and use them to talk colloquially about mental health. So mm-hmm. I just think Hitchcock, if you're into that or you're teaching or you're, you know, uh, writing about this kind of thing, like Hitchcock is like, it, you can find a movie for every, sure. <laughs> everything. I feel oh, like yeah, for sure. Um, so, Six decades is a long time. <laughs> I know. Like when I first started looking into this, I was like, oh, oh there's a lot. And then and then I had to pick. Uh, so I, I said, Shannon, let's do all six decades. 
I was like, can we pick five movies <laughs> um, that are kind of up our alley? So the first one, uh, and I'm going in chronological order f- for no apparent reason, um, except that the chronology is fun. Oh, sorry. I totally, I, I oh. s- totally forgot to throw this in there. Oh, please I'm do. so sorry. No, no, go. Um, I just wanted to throw out a few of the major tropes that oh, he yeah. uses as as we go through the absolutely as we go through the different films, and then we can incorporate that. Cool. So I talked about staircases representing danger, German expressionism. Mm-hmm. He actually pulled that from Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Voyeurism. Oh, yeah. That was a huge one. I mean, it's all, and especially at that time, the social taboo, all of our curiosities. Um, I mean, Rear Window is essentially the whole movie is about voyeurism. And in a sense, Psycho is too. It's in every single one of these movies. It really in is. A, in a way. Like, I mean, the birds, it's like a little bit at the beginning and not as much, but there's there's just themes of it everywhere. And he turns the audience into being the voyeurs too. He mm-hmm. does that. Uh, the wrong man or the wrong woman. Yeah. Someone's always... Uh, the likable criminal, a.k.a. the charming sociopath. Yep. Been uh, used to death now, right? Yeah. <laughs> we talk about them every week, almost. Totally. Uh, trains. <laughs> mothers, yeah. which we could go off on. Uh, so many mothers. Yeah. There's a mother in like all these movies. Brandy, the liquor. Oh, how funny. Sexuality. Yep. Bl- blonde women. <laughs> um, yep. Silent scenes. So not a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of imagery. Uh, the number 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of them. The other couple, I'm just going to mention like one or two more here, which is wrongfully accused. Yeah, of course. The depraved homosexual. Oh, sure. Um, police are incredibly useless Ugh. and and just dumb in most of his films. Mm-hmm. And just the, you know, people are sort of as sick as their secrets. So there's, there's just a lot of... Yeah, yeah. there's always secrets. Always secrets. So which those is, are some... Which is like a great major. dramatic convention because mm-hmm. secrets are... Also seductive. Secrets are also titillating. They are also tense, right? right? Like the tension of, in an audience member, the tension of like both people having secrets and talking to each other, yeah. you know, like that's really, it's, it's, it's seductive and sexy, which he obviously liked, but it's also um, scary. Right. <laughs> or like, oh God, do they know? Do, do they not know? Mm-hmm. Are they playing with each other or does one person like, are they going to find out their secret? It's always, yep. it's, it's a, uh, it's pretty cool like that. Um, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, we can attend to those as we go through these movies. <laughs> um, so the first movie in chronological order would be rear window, which is from 1954. Uh, I, I also noticed that all five of these movies are about two hours long. It's like, we've, we've really, changed the way we make movies i realized that you know marvel movies etc are like two and a half hours long now but you know the regular kind of thriller horror is like 90 minutes now like we've really but hitchcock movies it that is not true i have found no it was just an interesting thing to notice because i i actually think young audiences are very um very attentive to runtime mm. actually is what I've found. And, and I don't like, how long is it? <laughs> yep. It's always one of the questions, you know, on the discord, um, in, in different milieus that I travel in. So it's one of the reasons why on the show I've started saying runtimes is because what I've realized is that we are a society of wanting you to get to the fucking point. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, often, like, you know, when we watch stuff together on the Discord or or even in person when you and I hang out and watch movies, it's like sometimes there's a point where we're like, 
Okay. Yeah. We can like get let's <laughs> let's let's get to this. You start hitting the fast forward ten second thing at the yes, end. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like uh, okay, I get it. We're gonna like watch her for forty five minutes while she thinks or whatever's happening here, and I and I you know I think that's maybe I, I don't know what that is. Maybe independent filmmakers you know wanting to be Citizen Kane or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, Rear window. I digress. A wheelchair-bound photographer spies on his neighbors from his apartment window and becomes convinced one of them has committed murder. So this is Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly. (laughs) So I will say that all five of these movies, um, you know, I hadn't watched. If I had watched them, I hadn't seen them in a very long time. And so there were like bits and pieces that I remembered. So this is a movie that I had seen before. Uh, but there were only really like two moments where I was like, oh yeah, that's that, that iconic thing. I didn't thing. remember this one. I don't know if okay. I've sat through it before, but I, yeah. I did. Sat obviously. through it. That tells you how much she liked it. Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> no, I actually like this oh, okay. movie. Yeah, I know. When you said that, I was like, oh, she had to sit through no, it. No, I, I, what I mean by that is like, maybe I thought maybe I had seen like bits and pieces oh, of it, sure. but I really don't think I had like sat through any of it. Gotcha. Um, I clearly knew of it and so many movies have been based oh my it. gosh for sure so many movies have been based on it that was what i was very aware yeah. of um and the people i was watching it with were i was very aware of like wow this story has been done to death now well there there's a movie that came out i've talked about it loosely on this show before here and there with shia labeouf that came out you know 15 or so years ago called uh disturbia yeah and he's yep. you know um has the ankle bracelet and whatever. And he, he, he doesn't have a broken leg, but it's essentially the same story. And I, I like, you know, I grew up in the suburbs. So the idea of this, um, you kind of know everybody's business, Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to, um, (laughs) that, that I remember as a kid, we had some really weird neighbors and Mm -hmm. thinking like, I know what's going on over there. Those people are breaking the law or blah, blah, blah. And, and so you can't help but know these things. And in the position that he's in Mm -hmm. and he has nothing else going on, he really becomes immersed and then obsessed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, I would say we could add to the trope list of like obsession, like uh, obsession is definitely a piece that I saw in most of these movies. So I'm assuming a lot of his movies have that. Yep. Um, yeah, Jimmy Stewart, it's really interesting because, you know, I'm used to watching Jimmy Stewart maybe once every two to three years in A Wonderful Life, right? Like at Christmas time. Yeah. Like it's, I don't watch it every year, but every few years I I, I want, I put that in the rotation. And I haven't really vi- revisited Jimmy Stewart, a lot of Jimmy Stewart. He's not really one of my favorites. No, I, I actually hate his voice. Okay. So, <laughs> so I don't even that. like It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I like impressions of his voice. Yeah. But, um, and I cannot do Dana one. Carvey used to do a really I know, funny one. I, they, they're very, he, it's great because he's very, yeah. like, you can really get going on that. Um, so he's not one of my favorites. So I haven't like sought out. I, I like to a lot, watch a lot of classic movies, but I haven't ever really sought out his. So it was interesting. Um, I, I I didn't mind. She's a she's a vision, Grace Kelly. Oh God! Yeah. I mean, you know, became a princess. Obviously, yeah. like she is divine. Yeah. <laughs> I I watched this movie actually on the on the Discord with um with Pepper and Ice and uh, you know Pepper's so great. She's like she's like commenting on each one of the outfits. <laughs> you know, like well, she that always, jacket with that shirt though. She'd say, yeah. You know, like I mean, and Grace Kelly is just really she was always 
presented oh, always so, yeah, such so a regal. movie star. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that is, of course, what one is always struck by when they watch um, classic movies is the attention to uh, the female um, goddess, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. in so many ways, or the female as horrific and crazy, mm-hmm. right? Like, so anyway, did you like this movie in general or what did you... Yeah, I mean, I like I like the concept. Like I said, I mean, oh, yeah. I think it's a right. I, I overall like I I wasn't um, I don't know if it's something that I would sit through again. Yeah, no, I think that's my impression too. But I liked it when I was watching it. I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't bored. I wasn't. It was a like a seven out of ten. Like it was okay. It was yeah, a yeah. solid movie. Great. Me too. That's how I felt about it. Too. Yeah. Um. So the next one would be Vertigo. Very, very famous. These mm-hmm. are most of these are very, very famous. Vertigo is 1958. Uh, a former police detective juggles wrestling with his personal demons and becoming obsessed with a hauntingly beautiful woman. And so, yes, obsession is definitely in this movie. This movie is about obsessive love, really, mm-hmm. and about isolation and loneliness. Uh, it's a mystery. It's also a thriller, and it's also billed as a romance. So, and it's a little over two hours long. So, it's uh, Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak mm-hmm. uh, in this one. And yeah, I will say for its time, like when you watch the end of it. I mean, yeah, if you were to watch it now and understand, people go, oh, okay, well, it's not that. But for its time, mm-hmm. I actually thought it was a pretty clever movie. Yeah, and even watching it now. And no, watching it, like, I think the ending for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a lot of these movies, other like Psycho and the Birds, you know, but some of these other ones I don't. And I remember going, wow, that was actually really clever. And, and how she, how they, what they did with her character. I mean, I think we, we can talk about it. It's an old oh, movie. Oh, I think without, we can't. We're yeah. not, yeah. You know, if you haven't seen these movies, they're extremely old. So we're going to spoil them um, in some ways. I mean, I don't think we really spoiled um rear window but yeah i mean i i liked this movie to be honest i i like this movie for a few reasons i think in the context of like what we talk about Mm -hmm. is that i had seen this movie before but all i really remembered is the fear of heights and his anxiety around that right like Mm -hmm. that's what i came away with it watching it as a young person Mm -hmm. (laughs) was the fear that he that he exhibited throughout now watching it now this is him this is he stalks her he he he's definitely obsessed with her and then he he enters into an obsessive stalker like very uncomfortable very unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. with her where he begins to um she has to be dressed in a particular way. She has, you know, to mirror what his, his dead wife or ex-wife or whatever. And like his lover essentially. And, and changes her hair color to match that ex person and to, and, and the clothing and everything and just obsessive. And then there's these moments. I'm, I'm struck by the moment in the dress shop where he's dressing her and he's telling the dress shop lady, like this, this doesn't work or that doesn't work. Like, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. And the, the way they played it was that her character was just so desperate and sad Mm -hmm. and scared Mm -hmm. in that scene and would like look to him and they did all, he did all these like shots of the woman's face just kind of screwed up, you know, like, um, but, but, but I really liked that one. And why couldn't they really pumped the, the him being obsessed and not paying attention to her at all. And her, 
sort of being extremely uncomfortable. She's got the brown hair at that point, which was she wasn't really feeling. The whole, yeah, her whole character through that, because first she was used by the first guy. Yep. Um, and then she's, you know, and then here's the idea again too of, and this is hopefully becoming more and more outdated, is his character was going to come in and save her from that. And that what he was doing was really loving her. You know, I'll I'll save you. I'll rescue you from that. And then he objectifies her even more oh, and worse, sure. <laughs> worse, way worse, worse to the point where she's like, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> like totally. I'm, I'll yeah. throw myself over the ledge. And I, and I think we've talked about this before, maybe not in this context, but the ability, f- the power and the ability for an individual to objectify you is very so much. It's so powerful. Yeah. And I, and I would argue uh, personally so much more powerful to me than a society that can objectify me. 100%. Cause you have a, you have a relationship. There's buy-in there's yeah. pain. There's, I mean, yes, of course we, I'm not saying we don't all feel pain from being objectified by culture. Like, no, but there's a, that. there's a, uh, a, even if it's false, there's a trust. Well, and if this is a sexual relationship, which it is, yep. there's that, mm-hmm. like, it's just, um, yeah. yeah. The, the one scene that at towards the end where she comes out and he's sitting down almost mm-hmm. like she's on display. Yeah. And he's, she says, he says, come over here. And she says, you're going to like tussle me or something. He goes, that's yeah. what I want. She goes, well, let me at least put on my face. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just sitting there going, God, like this is just so objectifying. It reminds me of my, honestly, it reminds me of my grandma. My grandma, yeah. used to, my grandma used to say, I don't know, maybe it's of the time, but like my grandmother used to say, Oh yeah, come in, you know, like I would was a little kid and like I would come in and and want to be with her, right? Like go into the room and knock on the door and yeah. want to be with her in the morning and she'd be like, "Oh yeah, come in, honey. I'm just putting on my face." That that statement alone is not what bothered me. It was within the context of like, "Let me finish putting this face on for you." Oh no, that that's yeah. exactly what my grandmother meant too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's totally in line with that. Like she she didn't let anybody see her, especially her partner. Yeah. It's that very old school mm-hmm. um and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's, yep. you know, that, yeah. I, I, re- I, there was, I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing, girl. There was a level <laughs> of, of appropriateness of what a woman was allowed to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, show or not show. Or, yeah, yeah, like my grandmother would get up early in the morning mm-hmm. before, before my grandfather to put on her so face. So he would never see her yeah, I fresh mean, out of I'm bed. I'm sure she did, obviously. Yeah. But, but like, no, that was her, pre- like her preference Jesus. was. To get out of bed, do a whole, her whole thing, get her whole job. Just home. like in the movies, mm-hmm. when you see these classic movies and they do that, like that was her whole thing. So I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I recognized in yeah, that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, okay. So chronologically speaking, next is Psycho, 1960 horror mystery thriller, um, a little bit under two hours, actually. A Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote hotel motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. Can I just say? Anthony Perkins and Janet Lee. Go ahead. He was so good in this. <laughs> I and know. I forget how good, because we always see clips of Psycho. Of course. We've all seen it. And, or you, at least and you've parts been heckling with me about I, like. I, and the, I, I have yes. on here, I saw the toilet. Um, <laughs> me too. And what I think is I, I, ironic is um, you were allowed to sexually exploit and, and rape and stab, but you weren't allowed to show a flushing toilet. Or a kiss for longer than right. 10 seconds. <laughs> but he is so flipping good in this movie. I just, I could not take my eyes off him. Yeah, that I, I do think people 
you do forget that because you remember the stabbing scenes. You remember the mother at the ends. You remember all that stuff. Right. But he, his performance is really what is this movie. It anchors it. Even think, just him sitting on the porch with the candy corn. I think they're exactly. I'm like, why are you so amazing doing that? Exactly. Like, I think the reason why we remember this movie is not only because of the twists and turns and the shocking plot twists of the time. And also it was right after the board, um, changed back to where you could show these kinds of things. Right. So it was one of those movies that was coming out right after all the oppression. And so they went for it. And so audiences were just like eating it up because it was all the stuff you couldn't have seen. And then they, you had the bathroom scene and mm-hmm. the shower, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it was just really controversial. However, I would say like, of course, all of that notwithstanding, as if I could set that aside, I do think that his performance is one of the things that anchors this movie and why you remember it, even though you might not remember his performance. So, I mean, I would recommend anybody rewatch this just for that. He's so good. He's so good. And I, I still think the story's great. And me too. For its time, you know, just the battle between two minds, like the dominant, <laughs> win, like that whole spiel at the end. Yeah. Um, and the, psycholo- the psychology around it, which I think was fairly new for that time or whatever, mm-hmm. the way that they did this film. I, I think it's one of the best films still yeah, to me. Absolutely. No, I, I think, you know, if we were, it sounds like you and I would be in, in agreement if we were sort of like to say, you know, top, 10 or top 20 like classic horror mm-hmm. or mystery or whatever <coughs> this would be on and it's on everyone's list so we yeah. would we wouldn't be unique in that but there's a reason for that right um and yeah so for those of you who don't know on our shrink chat show kathy does um uh trivia with me and for months now she's been heckling me about the um answer to the question of like the first movie that there was a toilet shown in and the answer is psycho and of course when i was watching this i totally thought of you during that scene yeah <laughs> there it is. i'm like there's the toilet because by the way you, that was really scandalous mm-hmm. so um, so yeah, right after the, the rules changed in Hollywood, <laughs> they totally. really went for it. They, yep. He went for it. Um, so the next film is 1963, the birds, a wealthy San Francisco socialite pursues a potential boyfriend to a small Northern California town that slowly takes a turn for the bizarre when birds of all kinds suddenly begin to attack people. And so this is Rod Taylor, Tippi Hedren, uh, Suzanne Plachette is in this, who I um, forgot was in this. And I was like, I love her. Mm-hmm. I loved her in this. Tippi Hedren was great in this too. She was. And the scenes between Tippi and Suzanne Plachette oh, yeah. were some of my very favorite scenes in this whole movie. Like they were just burning with with like movie like feminine movie power like well, i think goddess this was energy. one of i think this was one of the films that hitchcock actually made the lead the female lead a strong character okay i mean she for mm-hmm. me she there's always going to be those undertones because of the time right but i feel like she was really the lead he was not right um, although i really liked him too he was great but he wa- he wasn't your Jimmy Stewart or whatever. No. It was being the movie was being carried by her. I and assume. he didn't really rescue her either. They no. all left together. But I mean, she was she other than being blamed for being you know Eve in this whole thing. Right. Um. She was a very strong. You know, she protected the children. She was like in it with him. She wasn't like come over here and save me. No. <laughs> no. And she would even from the get go. She sought out that house, and she there wasn't much that was weak about her character. 
Mm-hmm. Nor nor do I think um, Janet Lee was either. She just got killed off really soon. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I I actually clocked that um, the shower scene in Psycho happens forty seven minutes in, mm. so it's actually about halfway. Now it's interesting because or a little a little under halfway. So it's so it would be one of the plot points, the, a major plot point in like Act Two. So it's what's funny about it is that I think most people orient to it or remember it like like Drew Barrymore and Scream like it happened pretty much right yeah. away which it doesn't and I also think it's because she really is not on screen very long right she has a few very important scenes so you understand what's going on but really if you think about it before she dies whether it's him there's a few exchanges with him and her but a lot of it too is them looking for her yeah so she's not I mean she's a standout star and but she really doesn't have like major scenes before she's killed except yes ex- for sure and but the whole plot is her so the it's whole like, plot is her so it's yeah. so interesting because yeah. i think a lot of times too if you revisit this movie and you haven't seen it a bunch of times you forget that there's like a whole plot <laughs> well yeah you know all you really remember is like mommy and, and norman and doing all and that's the thing that's been made into series and other movies and everything that everybody obsesses on but there's this whole espionage plot like she's a straight criminal she like steals a bunch of money and goes on the lamb the birds too was uh, the the premise around it too about you know just nature sort of taking back sure what was theirs and i think there's a lot of shit talk around that movie when people just watch it for what it is but really the message around you kind of fucked with us yeah I, I even though supposedly they were i don't know they got into some sort of weird algae in the ocean and that but if you could look at it as human beings caused that to happen so yeah you know it's interesting about the birds i um I really enjoyed watching this movie i did too i had only i think i had only seen it once before which is weird, but because it's a horror movie, but it, you know, whatever. Uh, I'd only seen it once before and I didn't really remember most of it. I didn't really, uh, I, you know, there were like two scenes in it that I was like, oh yeah, that's the icon- iconic. There's some iconic shots of the birds attacking. And they used a lot of real birds. You can tell. There's I mean, a, there's, there's, a a lot a, of su- there's a lot of superimposed shots where obviously they're not yeah. really getting attacked. But by they birds, had a, but. a trainer there. I, ha- I pulled up facts from I'm not going to go through them. Don't worry. But I pulled up a bunch of facts from this movie. And I guess one raven like strongly disliked Rod Taylor and they had to like really work. <laughs> so I always like to look at like what did, what was filming like when you're bringing on because there were a lot the scene the first scene where the birds are in that house the majority of those birds were real yeah i mean i i could watch this so when i watch psycho i'm not scared the movie psycho i'm not scared i'm not uncomfortable no. anymore and and in and the rest of the movies that we um watched for today i wasn't but the birds was was scary like watching it was yeah. like like a horror movie i mean not really viscerally scared like i got a you know, turn on the lights or anything like that. But those birds and the sounds and the pecking and the attacking, like I didn't remember how much blood and kind of gore, Mm. not gore necessarily as we know gore today, but like how much blood and scrapes and scraps and the the whole second half of the movie, they're running from those birds. Mm -hmm. It's very suspenseful. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of, in my mind, I added it to like, well, this is a great horror movie to rewatch or watch with others. Like I could see us doing that on the discord, watching the birds because it's super fun. Um, 
Before we get to frenzy, because I know we have a couple things to say about that, I did want to go back and say um, <laughs> I, I watched uh, Rear Window with um, our friend Ice and it was and and Pepper actually, and one of the things that he made a joke about was that like Hitchcock was a master troll with his food because there was like these all these movies with like fish heads. Do you remember, like, in Rear Windows, isn't that the one where she, like, cooks the guy, oh, like, fish no, heads? No, that's and, Frenzy. Oh, that's Frenzy. I have, oh, I have so much it. to say okay, about okay. Frenzy. Never mind. Yeah. Let's go to Frenzy. Because, well, it happened while we were watching Rear Window, there was a bunch of food and fish and yeah. weird shit. Yeah. And then, um, you know, these guys were watching some of the Hitchcocks with me as I obviously had to get through them. And then it became, like, that's why I said it. He was like... Hitchcock is a troll with like this gross food. No, that scene. So let's get the frenzy. Let me just give the little um, thing. Okay. So frenzy, 1972, um, two hours long thriller, a serial murderer is strangling women with a necktie. The London police have a suspect, but he is the wrong man. Uh, This is John Finch, Barry Foster, Barbara Lee Hunt. So I would describe this as a perfect combination of disturbing and comedic disaster. <laughs> I lo- I had never seen this. Oh, good. I absolutely loved this I'm movie. I'm so glad. <laughs> awesome. It's so, and this is the movie where the, the wife cooks her husband, who's the detective, all the weird, like the pig's feet. It's freaking ridiculous. It's made me sick watching it. Uh, well, but that's it, his what we were face. All, we were all getting sick. Like, yeah. what is with this food? The and hoof. The little, like, quails. And yes. He's like, what things? is in this? And he's pouring it back at that whole scene. There's, and he's, like, cutting it, pretending to eat it. He and was hilarious. And she's loony. Oh, she's she was great. Oh, my God. She was great. But this movie. Yes. To the way that you felt about the birds yeah. created similar intensity for me, which okay. it's called frenzy for a reason. Oh yeah. But for the sure. scene in the potato truck. <laughs> go ahead. Where he's trying to go back to find the pin after he's murdered the woman. Yeah. He Hitchcock films the scene so well and the actor does a really good job, but I'm exhausted for him. Yeah. Trying to get the bag open and get that whole, like where he's like sweaty when the body flies out of the back of the truck. It, this was, this was there. I mean, there was a lot of sick shit and objectification and and torture and sexual sadism and all of that. Like the first rape scene was actually very disturbing to Mm -hmm. me where he's like, it is very disturbing getting off in in the weirdest, creepiest way. And she's like staring blankly, but there are, parts of this movie and then the tongue oh god the tongue <laughs> but there are parts of this movie that are straight up comedy and, and talk about yeah. you know like we were saying at the beginning of this whole episode how he really does use these like dichotomous sort of yes. ways to keep us feeling a certain way i'm like how am i enjoying this yet so disgusted at the same time <laughs> this movie's flipping hysterical it is it's really funny it's also um at the time it was hitchcock's uh like revival it was because it's not till 1972. It had been a while, um, and it was really touted as his like re-entry or his, you know, yeah. his, like he's going to get back on top or whatever mm-hmm. type of thing. And it was really only maybe three or four movies before he was over, like it was over for him as his movie right. career. Like so, this was really one of his last movies, um, and it's also the sexual violence is kind of like related to the Vertigo movie and just different things. But if you like. Uh, straight murder mystery type movies and also like i think at one point they yeah i know they call him um 
a criminal sexual psychopath. Yeah. And I just was like laughing, thinking yeah. about you and me and like, what is that even? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how they're like, he's a criminal sexual psychopath. And I'm like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> but it, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. Um, and I also thought of you because there was boob foo. <laughs> oh, always, we always and, joke and the about boob foo was, it was some of it was really disturbing, but there were moments where it was really funny. Yeah, the no. boob foo. It, it, it was that, like, that moment with the tongue <laughs> yes, where he yes, pulls the blanket yes, back. Yes, and she just boobs are sticking up and her tongue's over to the side. <laughs> I'm know. like, what is happening? This is how we die. This like, is what is what is what is going on? Yeah, there's been a lot of articles actually written about the representation of violence against women in this movie. Yeah, there's and, a lot. And in Hitchcock in general. And, and you know, some of it is, like Kathy was saying, some of it is, um, it's difficult. Because the, the point of view in which, like, you know, women's welfare and safety is sort of negated. Like, um, there's a lot of black humor, like Kathy was talking about. And sort of like just a lot of vulnerability for women as well in this movie. And so we're not going to really tackle that today in this context. I know we normally do, but I w would say that if you can, if it's at all possible, if, if you want to go into that and deep dive into that and ha have this movie be representative of that for you, that's one way to go. But I also, like Kathy was saying, I think it's really um, it's really enjoyable to go towards the humor, yeah, <laughs> the black humor and, um, the food foo because the food in this movie the is, food is straight so disgusting. So disgusting. The deaths are really disgusting. And um, the men are not portrayed any smarter. No, no. I mean, they're all ridiculous. idiots. Yeah. Everybody's ridiculous or, a, or like really strange. It had like almost a, some of the characters almost had like a Peter Sellers. Oh yeah. You know, Pink Panther type of oh, dumbness and, and aloofness to them. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was that was my point for mentioning Isis comment is was like Hitchcock's fucking with us, right? Yeah, the like food, that was kind of oh, what he was saying. Like God. he's just like messing with us. Yeah, he's literally trolling us with his food because it was so disgusting. Um, but also, I don't know. I laughed a lot. I oh it was my god, really hilarious! So much. So, um, to wrap up in general, like. Uh, uh, this is a lot of Hitchcock in a short amount of time. Yeah. I, I tried to watch all these movies just like this week. Mm -hmm. And so I did really get a feeling of, do, do you feel, kind of feel like for you, Hitchcock, like, do you, do you like him more? Do you like him less? Like, has it changed? I think there's some films that surprised me that I would like them as much as I did. And some I hadn't watched in a while. I think I forgot how much I loved Psycho ah, because yeah. we're always seeing clips of it around Halloween. I'm like, do I go back and watch it? I feel like it's always on and around, but I hadn't mm -hmm. sat through it in a long time. So, just like you were saying, there are parts of Hitchcock's filmmaking that are outdated and exploitative. But in general, I think as a as an art, I do appreciate what he brought to the motion picture. Yeah, I completely agree. And I really enjoyed um, revisiting these movies in this context because I think his movies are very, very psychological. Like there's several of his movies where I feel like we could do singular episodes, but I don't necessarily think we will. I think this is a good way to go. I'll not, and I'll just leave it at this where um, not to digress too much into another topic, but when, you know, the whole like Dr. Seuss thing came out and people were like, do we censored or do we, do we not? And um, I forgot her name from the view, the blonde Sarah, I can't remember her last name. She said something really, I think important, which is if it's art, it doesn't have to be censored. Can it be used as a way to teach and something to talk about? So like maybe we're not, 
boasting about it anymore, but maybe we're using it as a way of talking about certain topics. And I think Hitchcock stuff is that where it's like, there's offensive shit in there, but it is art. So can we use it as a topic of discussion to talk about how things have changed and how we don't treat women that way anymore it doesn't necessarily have to be something we have to censor if that makes sense i completely agree and honestly that's what we try to do here most of the time exactly so thank you so much for listening this has been an episode of terror talk my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode of terror talk please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.